talking Illinois high school football. If your goals are as high as you talk about, tonight's the night you go out and just take one more step. It's a view from the West. And it starts right now! Welcome into View from the West, the podcast covering high school football on the western side of the state of Illinois. We cover the Western Big Six, the Three Rivers Athletic Conference, the Lincoln Trail Conference, the Northwest Upstate Illini, and of course, eight-man football. I'm your host, Greg Armstrong, joined once again by Mitch Stormer. Mitch, the season previews roll along. Here we are landing in the Lincoln Trail Conference. Mitch, you ready to talk some LTC football? Yeah, can't wait. Uh, enjoyed covering the, the conference last season. A lot of exciting football and looking forward to uh, seeing that again this year. Yeah, well, thank you to everyone who is joining us and listening in. If you haven't tuned in, go back in the archives. We've covered the NUIC and the eight-man. We've done their season preview. Last week, me and Mitch broke down every team from the Three Rivers Athletic Conference on both the Mississippi and the Rock Divisions, a full Three Rivers Athletic Conference season preview is out there waiting for you. But Mitch, let's jump right in. Let's talk about a team that had a lot of success a year ago, the yeah. A-Town Tornadoes. 2021, they w- finished 11-2, and advancing to the Class 1A quarterfinals. Head coach has been Rick Quinn. Great job by him last year, getting a senior-laden team. Had a lot of success. But that being said, they lose 17 starters heading into 2022. Oof. So they got a little bit of work to do with some new guys filling in some new spaces. Yeah, th- this is a team that surprised me all of last last season. Um, you know, I truth be told, I didn't know that they were going to get out of the first round of the playoffs. Um, and sure enough, they won two games before uh, falling to uh, Lexington. But um, yeah, it, it, this is going to be, unfortunately, I think a transition year for A-Town. Losing that many starters is really going to be tough. Um but, you know, Rick Quinn is a great coach and uh, they'll have all the ability in the world to, to rebuild this team. It's just a matter of how how much they can compete. They might surprise me again. I, I don't want to put a, a target on, on my back saying that, but um, it's just tough. It's, it's a big hurdle to overcome. So looking forward to seeing how they do it. Well, Mitch, let's look at some of the names that they do have returning. Uh, Kellen Hook is a wide receiver. Tanner Klockinga at right tackle. That's a tough name. I'm not sure I got that one exactly right, but I tried. I tried real hard, Mitch. Uh, yeah. On the defensive side of the ball, Perry Severin on defensive line, Asa Stiegel, a linebacker and a safety, and Drew Sheckler as a linebacker. So they do have some, you know, some pieces in place, but Mitch, they have a lot of talent that, you know, really led them last year that's, that's missing on the field now that from graduation. Yeah, most notably quarterback Easton Schischler really, really led this team to great things. So, um, uh, again, uh, looking forward to seeing how they how they fill in those gaps with the names that you rattled off. They've got experience coming back from a really good team last season um, and looking forward to seeing what they can do this year. Let's look at the Mercer County Golden Eagles next. They were 6-3 and three a year ago. They did lose in the first round of the playoffs to Sterling Newman. But this is an experienced roster with a variety of different types of athletes on it according to Coach Hofer, playing with consistency, getting out of the gates strong is important for this team. Yeah, Coach Hofer mentioned that they hope to get off to a better start than they did last season. Uh, difficult week one game against Farmington. They lost that one 41 nothing. 
had to cancel a game for COVID. That was a game that was going to be against Knoxville. Um, so really just didn't get off on the right foot. They started one and three, which is more of a testament to how they came back and won five straight to close out the season um, and, and get to that playoff. Um, and if you remember, Greg, that game maybe had one of the most picturesque, like all time, this is what Illinois small school football looks like. If you remember that, a Newman and a Mercer County lined up against the Sun. Uh, it, it was great. Wonderful. It was, yeah, that day was, um, it was nice. It was a nice day for playoff football, but the field was a little sloppy. And I mean that in the nicest way. That's not a criticism. I mean, it looked yeah. great. It was just like, right. you know, those, you know, the, the field was bitten, torn up throughout the game and it just had those pockets of mud and it, it, it looked really yeah. cool. You're right. You called it out that that was definitely IHSA playoff football. Well, Mitch, let's look at a lot of the, you know, experience that Coach Hofer mentioned coming back. Owen Relander, he had 291 yards receiving with four touchdowns, another 155 yards rushing and a touchdown. Matthew Lucas had 594 yards rushing with nine touchdowns, 272 yards rushing and five TDs. William Fredrickson also ran for a touchdown and caught uh, 52 yards receiving. So, you know, they got some guys on offense that, um, you know, picked up a lot of yardage for them last year. Yeah, having Matthew Lucas back uh, under the helm, that'll be great. I'm looking at a lot of tackles coming back, Greg. I, a lot of this team, and, and again, a team that started really, you know, one and three, but it, you can't take a whole lot of stock in that, having that canceled game. And then you really saw these five names across the board when they won those five straight to get to the playoffs. Javen Dellett, 34 tackles last season. Matthew Lucas, who we talked about, he also had 51 tackles and two interceptions uh, on defense. Owen Relander, 31 tackles last season. Ian Willits, Brecken Heinrichs, all the all these names, a lot of tackles coming back for, for Mercer County. So this should be a really good balanced team, I think. Yeah, well, let's start looking at their schedule, Mitch. They open this year at home against Farmington. So that crossover mm -hmm. with the Prairie Land, they get a tough draw. Prairie, Farmington is always a good football team. So Coach Hofer and crew will have a test in week one. I'll be interested to see, you know, what they can do. Yep. Mitch, when you start looking down their schedule, what game stands out to you, in, you know, in their conference play that you think is, you know, a spotlight game or a game that really could be critical for them? I, I think, again, it's, it's going to be their week two matchup. They didn't get to play it last year, but against the Knoxville team, the, the returning or defending, I should say, uh, co-champs of the conference. So if they're going to take that next step, which, again, spoiler alert, this might be my pick, if they're going to take that next step, how do they stack up against Farmington? And then how do they stack up against Knoxville? Because that'll really set the tone for the season. Um, look, looking down, they end with Kiwani Weathersfield, who's another team who I think is going to make a good stride this year. So this is a tough schedule for Mercer County. So they'll, they'll have their hands full, but I think that they've got the squad to do it. Well, speaking of Anawan Weathersfield, let's jump right into the Titans. They were five and four in the regular season. They lost in the first round last year to A-Town. They return seven or eight starters defensively, and they have several weapons returning on offense. So head coach Tony Grip mentioned that he's got some young kids that he's really excited about in this program. So, you know, it, this year, or if not this year, the future is bright, it seems like, yeah. for this program. Yeah, you know, with, with the unfortunate news that we had with Riverdale on, on their numbers, it looks like they're doing something right at Anawan Weathersfield. Um, they're really focused on developing the youth in the program. They've got 50 kids in the program. 
uh, 33 of them freshmen and sophomores. So this is a team that has the potential to have a lot of depth. Um, certainly uh, can, can plug and play if there's injuries or if they need to bring some kids up for, which I think will be uh, them in the playoffs. So yeah, this is great to see. Um, and, and yeah, when you've got some names, I'll, I'll rouse some off here on offense, Dylan Horry, 1400 yards, 11 touchdowns as a sophomore last year, Colin Hornback. He was the second team all Lincoln trail as a sophomore. So these are really good underclassmen now that they're now they're juniors. Um, and then they add that with some returning starters, Matthew Sentney. He's a, re, he's a starter that played last year as a junior, uh, Mason Heltzler, um, or Heitzler, I'm sorry, excuse me, also a returning starter. So this might be a pick I said in, in the, uh, three rivers preview, uh, how I was excited about Monmouth Roseville. I, I'm kind of feeling that same sort of excitement here with Anna one Weathersfield getting back to where they were. And we'll talk about Colton Fragliano in a minute, but back to that team that I believe that team went to the semifinals, I think that year. Um, so yeah, this is a team. And, and again, I'm, I'm really bad about spoiling my, my picks when we talk about this yeah. team that I really think is going to be better than five and five than they were last year and get back into a, a really good top seed in, in the playoffs. Well, I think we'll learn something about this conference right out of the gate. Anawan Weathersfield plays on the road at Monmouth United. United was a playoff team mm-hmm. a year ago as well. Anawan Weathersfield got the win at home last year in week one. So now let's see kind of where, you know, where's the benchmark this year? Who gets that week one victory? What other games do you look at in Anawan Weathersfield's schedule, Mitch, that stand out to you? Greg, I'm not going to look past week four with your Crusaders. How about uh, that? Hosting, hosting the Titans this year. I don't know if they played last year, but that's a, that's a fun matchup. Yeah, I'm excited about that. I mean, I, if you want to make me talk about Marquette, I will. That's fine. We could do that. Right. But they Marquette returns a lot of talent as well. So two programs in a and and uh, Marquette that have a lot of talent on the field with a lot of experience. So that yeah. you're right. That's a good. That's a great non-conference matchup for for the Titans. Yeah, and I think too, just looking at one more game, it's that week nine matchup. It's going to be Kiwani Weathersfield against Mercer County. That's going to be awesome. They've met up in week nine several times over the years, and it always has some kind of implication in the conference or in the yeah. playoffs or both. It It is yeah. always a huge matchup. So, yep, that is certainly one to watch for. Mitch, quick side note, former a standout, you referenced him, Colton Quagliano announced on Twitter recently that he will be attending the University of Illinois this fall, plans to continue playing baseball there. Yeah. So, Huge credit to him. That that's great to see him go to a Big Ten school, Division One athlete. Credit to him. He is such a great, such a great kid, and also a great athlete. It's it's fun to see him having having this success. Yeah, his his high school accolades are out of this world, and I think he was I think he was at a junior college this year and put up just staggering numbers. So um, this is this is well uh, well earned uh, to get this D one scholarship. So yeah, congrats to congrats to him. Yep. Let's move right along to a new face, a newish, newer face in the Lincoln Trail Conference, the Knoxville Blue Bullets. They showed up last year, and Mitch, they fit right in just fine. Yeah. They end up at the top of the conference. They were 8-1 and one overall. They lost in the first round of the playoffs to Bishop McNamara. But Mitch, this will be a different-looking Knoxville team. They graduate 17 seniors from last year's squad. I do have yeah. to give a shout out, a thank you to Matt Wheaton from the Galesburg Register, tweeting back and forth with him earlier today. He provided me with some stats and some info. 
So I really appreciate him kind of hooking us up a little bit here. They lose a lot, but they do return Oscar Young. He ran the ball a handful of times last season, so that could be a running back uh, potentially for them. They also have Bo Honeycutt and Braden Downs returning as receiver options. So those two are guys to watch. I just feel like this this Knoxville program, they always have good numbers. So I just feel like that always gives them a leg up in the Lincoln Trail Conference. I think they'll be able to compete year in and year out because they, you know, have a healthy football program. Yeah, they were a fun team to cover last year. They they really ran the ball well, seeming like every single week they put up a ton of numbers. So, um, yeah, there's another quick note here, Greg, that they've got they've got a kid coming in, Isaac Nolan, uh, who is a was track star for for Knoxville. He's going to be going off for football. Not sure if he's ever played before. This might be his first year, but anytime you can have that kind of speed on the field is is going to be good. So. Uh, we'll look forward to seeing how they utilize, utilize him and uh, see how they can build upon that really just a really great year last year. Yeah. I mean, it's no secret that Knoxville is a running team. You know, that's, that's what yeah. they do. That's their, that's their bread and butter. That's what they succeed at. So yeah, you add that kind of speed. That's, that's an interesting thing to watch for um, with Isaac Nolan joining the team. Knoxville is at home against Princeville in week one. And then looking down the schedule, Mitch, I got a game that stands out to me, but I'll let you go first and see if we, uh, you know, kind of agree on this one. It's, I think so. Um, Are you looking at week five? I'm looking at September 24th. Yep. 1 (laughs) PM Knoxville and Dupec. Dupec from the NUIC. Great football program out there. They were uh, champions of the NUIC a year ago. So that's a really interesting non-conference game. I just love it. I'm glad that one's on our schedule. Yeah, that's a cool, that's a cool crossover. Um, and, and like you said, too, a uh, one o'clock game, whether if that's true or typo or not, we're seeing it more often this year. Games are being scheduled on Thursdays now um, or on Saturdays with different times due to a, a referee and the umpire shortage. So um, that is like we deal with teams, low numbers. That's unfortunately something that we're really going to have to see and deal with moving forward is a low number of officials going, uh, going forward. So we're going to see different uh, times being played, which is great um, that we still have officials uh, to, uh, to have for these games and that they, we can be adaptable on these game times, but we're going to see that a lot more often, I think. Yeah. It's kind of a, you know, a harsh reality of what's, what's happening now, you know, referee shortage and it, it leads to some, weird Thursday games and Saturday games. And yeah, it'll be interesting to see, you know, how the schedule plays out year in and year out. Cause that, that will certainly be an impact moving forward. Hopefully we get more referees and it's not as big of a shortage, but yeah, for the near future, it seems to be an issue. Yeah. The 24th, that's a Saturday. So one o'clock that'll have a playoff feel to it there in week five. Yeah. Well, I might have to make that trip. I got to figure out what the family calendar looks like on the 24th. Maybe, maybe it's an Armstrong family road trip. We just all go watch the game. It sounds like you're going to, to Pecatonica to me. <laughs> it's it's beautiful this time of year. Oh, well, it, Mitch, it's beautiful. It's beautiful all times of the year. There you go. There you go. Well, let's talk more playoff teams from a year ago. The United Red Storm, a bounce back year for head coach David Milroy and the Red Storm, making the playoffs at six and three. They did fall short to Iroquois West in the first round. 
Mitch, this is kind of one of those teams we've talked about with several other programs around the area. They don't want to be a one-and-done playoff program. They, they yeah. want to continue to play at that level. This was a United team that was, you know, consistently making the playoffs. They, they won a state title in the first yeah. year of United's existence, going way back to, I believe, 2004. So the, the, the pedigree is there. The history is there. They want to be a contender year in and year out. I think David Milroy has what it takes as a head coach but they lose Aiden Parkins and Cormac Flynn, two names that, yeah. you know, we talked a lot about last year, you know, can they, can they keep up, you know, can they keep it going in United at United? Yeah. A, a team that really uh, caught us by surprise. I think last year, getting a, getting a playoff win and, and getting to those getting six wins, not just five and qualifying, they got to six, get the automatic berth. So, um, and it really played Iroquois West tough that, that, that Saturday. So, but like you said, losing Aiden Parkins and Cormac Flynn, two really dynamic players who were, were huge keys to their success. So, um, yeah, uh, David Milroy, love what he's doing there. And uh, he'll have his hands full this year, that's for sure. But looking forward to seeing how they, how they do that. So one of the matchups we've already talked about in week one, Monmouth United hosting Kiwani or Anawan Weathersfield. I think that's a really good, that's going to give you a benchmark of kind of where this conference is at. I'm really curious to watch that one. Mitch, what else do you see on United's schedule? What game kind of stands out to you that could be that X factor? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to look all the way at week nine and, and go to the, the A-Town game. Uh, two teams that are, are in similar positions, the two playoff teams that lose a lot of, of production. Um, and so we'll see if that week nine game gets either one of those teams back into the playoffs again, or maybe it'll get them both. Uh, maybe they'll already be in by then, but. Um, two teams that I think have, have similar pedigrees from last year and similar issues to overcome this year. So we'll see what happens when they hit the field. Yep, absolutely. Well, let's keep moving right along. Rova Williams field in the Lincoln trail conference was two and seven a year ago, but Mitch, they have experience coming back. They've relied on underclassmen the past couple seasons. Now can that experience finally pay off, you know, for head coach Grant Goldstrand, that that's the key here is, can you finally utilize that experience and make it work in your favor and kind of turn this thing around? Yeah. Um, like you said, they, they've relied on some underclassmen. So now they've, they've got some experience. They've got some depth. Um, they'll be looking to run the ball with consistency that they've, they had some success doing that last year um, and they'll need a defense that maybe creates some more turnovers. So um, yeah, looking forward to this team, a couple of names just right off the bat quarterback, Riley Danner, uh, you got a running back in Brian Bertelshofer. Hope I pronounced that correctly. Receivers on, on the outsides, Jackson Sharp, Lewis Sams, uh, and two really good linemen, uh, Brody Bledsoe and, and Graham, Graham White, who was a second team all LTC last season. So um, they, they do have a lot of, of, of names coming back that had some accolades to them, to their names. So yeah, this, this team, I think will be a little bit better than two and seven. On the defensive side of the ball, Mitch, Defensive end, Nolan Bronow. He was a second team defensive lineman last year. Again, Graham White, a name you mentioned already. Luke Nelson, Jack Godsell, and Adam Cole. All a second, he was a second team defensive back in 2021. So experience with some accolades. Yeah, I think this is, you know, potentially a team to watch. They open against uh, A-Town at home in week one. So Again, I feel like this is another kind of benchmark game, and you see kind of who who stacks up where in the conference really early on. Yeah, that, that'll be a great game. Uh, two teams that 
we'll see who can get on the right foot. I think for Rova, it's going to be important for them to have a really successful first half of the season because they end with three really tough games in United, uh, Anawan Weathersfield and Knoxville. So if they're going to want to take that next step, hopefully they can get some of these games with a win in the column because it's going to get a little bit tougher for them at the back half of their schedule. Let's keep moving right along, Mitch, to Princeville. They were five and four a year ago, lost to Marquette in the first round. Five and four, Mitch, last year, but they only won over their only win over a team that was above 500 was a nine to eight last second field goal over Anawan Weathersfield. So I think the question becomes can they take that next step and improve on that five and four? They're always a team that's in the mix. They've for a long time have been near the top of the conference. I guess my question is what direction are they headed? I think we'll, we'll find out that this year. Yeah, I think they, they've always been one of those teams that just plays you close. Um, they're, they're a tough team to play against. They had a cool story from 2020 of COVID year that their kids would, would uh, kind of hold practices unbeknownst to the, you know, anybody and just so they could get work because they didn't know what the season was going to look like. So um, they've got a good spirit there in, in Princeville and it usually shows on the field. So yeah, can they, can they take that next step? Can they not be in that position where they're winning these close games or always having these close games or, or, you know, uh, maybe get above that five win threshold. So look and see what the princess can do this year. They open up with Knoxville. Um, that is at Knoxville. They start at home in week two against United. Um, looking down to their schedule, I'll, I'll just go ahead and say week one, how do they stack up with the defending champs? You know, um, I think that'll set the tone for their schedule um, and we'll see what they can do against uh, Knoxville on the road. Yeah, that's a tough one. I think the game that stands out to me is the game we just referenced uh, against Anawan Weathersfield last year. Princes get the nine, eight win. Can they, can they get another win against Anawan Weathersfield or is, you know, A&W about to kind of, you know, take over and bounce back near the top of the conference. I think that'll be a game that will tell us a lot, you know, moving down the road. One team left in the Lincoln Trail Conference, Stark County, struggled last year to a one and eight record. And for the Rebels, it all comes with improving on defense. Head coach Jade Nord pointed out, probably didn't want to point it out, but let us know that they gave up an average of 40 points per game last year. So, You know, that is something that if you're going to have success, you have to improve on that. He does feel like they've had a good offseason. So we'll see if that can pay dividends on the field, you know, for the Rebels this year. Yeah, a lot, lot of returning players here for, for Stark County. So I, I think that they will improve on that one and eight record. Um, and that defense won't give up that much uh, this year because you're seeing a lot of names that are two year players, two year letter winners for for Stark County um, on the offensive side of the ball, starting at that quarterback, he played as a sophomore last year. Um, that would be Luke Rewerts. Again, hopefully I'm, I'm pronouncing your names correctly. Um, Looks good. Yep. Sounds good. <laughs> one, one of their more dynamic players is Daniel Kaiser. He's a two-year letter winner. He, he really kind of is a versatile guy though. They'll throw him in the slot. They'll put him behind uh, the quarterback as a running back does the kicking, does the punting. He does it all. So, um, good to have that kind of offensive production and versatility on, on your roster. Um, you've got Ethan Baxter, who was an honorable mention all conference uh, center last year. So they've got some good size on their line. Um, and then uh, just talking about Ethan Baxter, 29 tackles on, on the defensive side too. So a lot of, like I said, a lot of names that have 
that have played have seen some, uh, you know, some rough years, but now, you know, maybe this is the year that they do take that extra step. And as I mentioned, I think they'll be better than one and eight. And I think that defense will be better. Yeah. I mean, for a head coach, Jade Nord, I mean, he's had such success at Stark County to see a record like one and eight. That's just, you know, so out of the ordinary and it just doesn't seem like this is a Stark County pro. We're not used to this kind of Stark County program on the defensive side of the ball. Ethan Baxter, who you mentioned, he returns with 20, he had 29 tackles a year ago. Uh, Daniel Kaiser had 23 tackles of his own. Ryan Hillen had 41 tackles. Matthew Bowser, 31 tackles. Jordan McCauley, 26. So a lot of tackles returning on the defensive side of the ball. So hopefully that type of experience will help this Stark County Rebels team. They open on the road at Nokomis. And then they're on the road again in week two to start Lincoln Trail play against A-Town. That's an interesting one to me because A-Town lost a lot of starters from a year ago yep. and they had success. Whereas on the flip side, Stark County didn't have the success last year, but they have a lot of experience coming back. Can that, can that show up in that game? Can Stark County come away with an early season win? That's an interesting one in week two for me. Yeah. Um, yeah. If Stark County can, can find a way to win those first two games, I think that'll really set the tone for them. They've got Knoxville in week three. Um, but then some other games that I, I, I could see them winning. They do have Weathersfield uh, away in week seven and Mercer County in week eight. So they're, they're again, their back half of the season is a little bit tougher. Um, so if they're going to make that extra push, you know, uh, hopefully they can get some wins in the first half and build the momentum because they'll have a, a harder uh, last two, three games of the season. All right. Well, Mitch, we've talked about all of them. Talked about the teams and yep. the players in the Lincoln Trail Conference. We'll start with who's your favorite? Who is who is your potential pick in the Lincoln Trail to take it all? It's going to come down to Mercer County and Enel and Weathersfield, I think. Um, I'm going to give the nod. I think I'm going to give the nod to Mercer County to win. Um, I, I certainly think Enel and Weatherfield is going to be more improved than five and four. Um, and then I think this is the year that they'll really get, get good. There's their, their sophomores from last year's or juniors this year. So then I think that next year's Anna and Weathersfield team is going to be really, really good. Uh, but I think what Mercer County brings back from a playoff team last season, um, who was, who was probably still even better than six and three. Um, I think they'll take the reins uh, from Knoxville and a town and uh, reclaim their spot at the top of the conference. All right. I like that one. I, I agree. I think that um, for this year, I like Mercer County. I, li- I like Mercer County as one of the favorites uh, heading into the season. Mitch, I'm going to go out on a limb a little bit. I think for my, for my dark horse, for a team that I think is going to be improved, watch for Rova Williamsfield. Yeah. I think that's a team that can make some noise. I think head, head coach Grant Goldstrand has things moving in the right direction and I think if he can, you know, use the pieces that he's got, there's a lot of experience coming back. Like that's a team that could make some noise in the Lincoln Trail Conference. I definitely agree there. And I, I said it just a minute ago. I think Stark County will be better than one and eight, um, just with the, the amount of, of players that they have, experience that they have coming back. Uh, there's no reason to believe why they why they can't be uh, better than that. So looking forward to seeing. Uh, again, you had a town who loses a lot. You had Knoxville who loses a lot. So is this conference maybe a little bit more wide open than it, than it was last year? I think so. 
um, and, and games that might not have been winnable last year are more winnable now for, for certain schools. But I think that we both mentioned Mercer County and Anno and Weathersfield are really going to shine. And I hope that that week nine matchup is as, as good as I hope it is. And they're both teams are, are really set for their playoffs and we can just enjoy the game. Yeah, I do think I will say, cause I want to make sure we cover our bases here. I think it's going to be a pretty wide open conference. Like you said, don't okay. sleep on, don't sleep on uh, head coaches, Rick Quinn and Ryan yep. Hebbard from Knoxville and from a town. I, I think that those two guys can, can coach a team and get them prepared to win a conference as well as anybody. So, yeah, you know, I think that that, that makes it fun. I think that's what we're, well, that's what we're here for. It's going to, it's making going to make for fun debate throughout the season. I think discussion yeah. for sure. And when does the merge with Prairie land? Is that next season? Next season. Yeah. Okay. So this is the last year of kind of the current look of the Lincoln trail being separate and the Prairie land being separate. They'll kind of merge next year. Yep. So many teams to preview next year. It, that is going to become a massive conference. Yeah. We're going to do a, a brand new uniform breakdown. We're going to have to do it all. That'll be, that'll be exciting. We will have to do that because I just saw a tweet of Farmington's helmets. Mitch, okay. have you seen their helmet? It's cool. No, now I got to look it up. Yeah. So it's a, it's a purple helmet and uh, the gold decals and they have a far, it's a star with an F in it, but then it's got like a pitchfork going through it. And then they have the pitchfork going down the middle of the helmet too. So it, it's cool. Look, yeah, we like that. We <laughs> like that. Yeah. Well, for this year, we won't have to worry about them so much because they're still in the Prairie land, but we've covered our bases for the Lincoln trail conference. Mitch, thank you so much for being here. Thank you to everyone who's been listening to our season previews. And I'm not sure if anybody's quite ready for next week. We're bringing in the score squad. We're bringing in WQAD, Matt Randazzo, Corey Cuffler. We might even might even bring in Brian Stocking and let the chaos consume us. We'll we'll see. Nothing's set yep. in stone yet, but it it's gonna be real interesting whenever you get all that collection together. If anyone listened to the instant reacts a year ago, you know that that it goes off the rails real quickly. We'll try to keep them corralled in for a season preview. But next week, we're talking about the Western Big Six. If you hadn't caught them already, the NUIC and the eight-man season previews are in the archive, along with the Three Rivers Athletic Conference. So, Mitch, we're, we're rolling right through here. The uh, conference previews are well underway. We are yep. knocking on the door of real high school football. It's coming. Yeah, we're just right at a month or just under a month left. So looking forward to those week one games that we that we just talked about and all the games that have, we've already previewed and that we will preview. So, yeah, let's just fast forward a little bit and uh, we'll be talking about game recaps here pretty, pretty soon. That sounds good. Well, that will wrap it up this week. Thank you, everyone, for listening. We'll see you next week for the Western Big Six season preview. That'll do it for this week's episode of View from the West. Thank you so much for listening. I encourage you to go out to Apple Podcasts or Podbean and subscribe so you can follow along and downloads will come automatically every week. You can follow along on Twitter at ViewFromWestPod. You can also email me if you're interested in being a sponsor, ViewFromWestPod at gmail.com. Thanks so much. We'll see you next week.